Fun continues here on a Tuesday, David Glenn Show, hour number three on Wake Forest Day. David is on vacation. Hope he's having a good time with his family. Stan Cotton and Steve Shutt here along with our producer, Darren Boyd, and his musical selection and appetite. And uh, it was good hearing uh, from one of the brand-new New York Jets, Ryan Anderson, uh, a little while ago. And in just a second, we're going to let you listen to another one. We had a conversation earlier today with Greg Dorch, and Steve, I was going to ask you, uh, has anybody in a Wake football uniform, it's been a while since we've been as captivated as we were by Greg Dorch. He was, at a moment's notice, could do just about anything once he got his hands on the football, and he sold tickets, there's no doubt about it. Greg Dorch not only had an electric personality, but he had electric moves on the field. He could change direction at the drop of a dime. Um, and you play 20 college football games. You score 19 touchdowns. That's just a remarkable ratio. Nobody in Wake Forest history has ever had that kind of production. Um, he had a, an attitude that would light up a room. He was great talking with the media. He was great with his teammates. Uh, Greg was a uh, very electric, very unique personality. He uh, certainly was a fan favorite in 2017 and 2018, leaving after his uh, second year uh, to try his hand in the NFL. He's in camp now with the Jets, and we caught up with him earlier today. Greg Dortch was uh, just a, 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 a lightning bolt for Wake Forest for a couple of years, and he is now a New York Jet. Greg, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. We, uh, I think everybody in, in uh, the Wake Nation was watching the game the other night. Uh, you nearly took a punt back for a touchdown. You did score a touchdown later on uh, in the game. What? And I know that you broke Wake Forest's hearts uh, when you left, but I think we all, Steve, didn't we? We understood, obviously, your, your desire to play in the NFL, the opportunity that you had. But, uh, man, w- w- what's it like? You're now a pro football player. Oh, man, it's everything I've dreamed of since I was a little boy. Uh, I always wanted to play in the NFL. Uh, it's always been a dream of mine. And just to, like, really be here and, uh, I don't know, just be playing and be, being teammates with guys like Jamal Adams and Quentin Williams, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just great. I come out here every day and I just I just look around and I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Uh, and I just try to make the best out of every opportunity that I get. Greg, how much have you been able to keep up with your, your teammates down here going through preseason camp? Uh, I actually talked to Isaiah Ozzie yesterday. I know the boys had a scrimmage yesterday. He, he, Isaiah told me that he scored twice. So Yeah, uh, I, Isaiah had two touchdown catches. Looked, yep. uh, you know, that number 21 might be a big number this year. I'm hoping so. Uh, I like him coming out of – when they started recruiting him, I liked him a lot. Uh, so that's like my little brother. I took him under my wing when I was there. But um, I've talked to Kendall. I've talked to Jaquari. All the Kind of all the receivers in the room. Uh, he sang his birthday was yesterday. I talked to him. Uh, so I, I keep up with some of the guys. Greg, what's the what's the what's the NFL camp like? I, I want you to tell us a little bit about how it's different from what uh, the Wake Forest players are going through right now. Uh, obviously, it's a whole different ball game when you're getting paid to play, and it, it's it's a business now, and there there are different objectives, obviously. But what are the main differences for you compared to Wake's camp and now the Jets' camp? Uh. 
feel like up here is more, it's not more of a toll. I mean, I wouldn't say it's not more of a toll on your body, but uh, it's just not, I don't really know how to describe it. It's not, it's like stressful on your body. Like, I feel like in, in camp and college, you were stressing and it was just hard. Like, you were out there all day just sweating and just getting it. But that's what a college camp and grind is. In the league, it's more about maintaining and, and uh, just being a professional athlete and take care of your body. Uh, we have a lot more free time up here than we did at Wake. Uh, it's just more freelance because we're professional athletes now, so they just depend on us to just know what we're supposed to do. So I would, I would probably say it's different in that, in that way. Spending a couple of minutes with former Deacon star Greg Dortch, now playing in the NFL with the New York Jets. And, and Greg, I think for all of us who watched you play collegiately, your physical gifts – were apparent. I mean, they, they just stood out, and that's why you're in the NFL right now. But I think one of the, the, the big weapons you also had was your belief in yourself. You were a very confident player, and you used that to your advantage. What's that like now in terms of the belief that you have in, in what you can do at the next level when everyone around you is a really, really good football player? Yeah, like you said, everybody here is is talented and can play. Um, so I just try to bring the chip that I have on my shoulder out here every day because um, every day is not given. you got to go out here and prove yourself every single day. So um, I just try to do everything that the coaches ask me to do, whether it's uh, be a punt returner or be a gunner or play wide receiver. I just try to get on the field as much as possible. Uh, that's pretty much it, honestly. Greg, your uh, mom and dad were very dedicated in following your career. Have they been able to make it up to training camp or see the exhibition game yet? Yeah, my both of my parents came to, I want to say, two practices, and then they they also came to my first game uh, last week. Greg, what have you learned about the Jets, the history of the New York Jets, one of the storied franchises of the uh, NFL? What do you know about your, your team now and, and maybe something you didn't know before you got to camp? Oh, Lord. Uh, we they don't have, have they don't have Joe Namath's uh, full length fur coat uh, on display anywhere, uh, do they? They they do not. But if they did, that would be pretty cool. But Joe Namath actually came here yesterday, so I got to meet him. So that was probably one of the coolest things that I've did so far since I've been here. He was at practice and he uh, gave the team a, a speech in the team meeting. So um, I got to meet him yesterday. So that was really big. Greg, when, when is your next ex- exhibition game scheduled for? Uh, Thursday against the Atlanta Falcons at. I want to say eight. All right. Is that in uh, at home or is that in Atlanta? It's in Atlanta. Greg, you got in the in, the uh, the end zone the other night. How'd that feel? I mean, the first time, you know, you kind of maybe exhale and say, you know what, I I, I have done it. I, I'm I've scored a touchdown. I can do this. I, I can I can play in this league. Uh, it wasn't when I scored that I felt like I could play in the league. Uh, I declared from college because I I felt like I could play in the NFL. Uh, so it was, it's, and it's not always about proving everybody wrong or. Uh, just like trying to prove to everybody that I can play. It's about proving to myself every time I come out here that, hey, I belong out here. Um, I made the right decision, and uh, I'm just going to put my best foot forward every time I come out here. But going my first NFL touchdown, it was it was something I've always dreamed of. Uh, I scored, and I actually forgot that, like, in the NFL you can celebrate. So I, <laughs> I wanted to celebrate, but I didn't know what to do because I that was my first time. But well, You save it for next uh, time. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was going to be my – think of something. That was going to be my next question. You played 20 college games. You scored 19 touchdowns, 19 times. You handed the ball to the ref. And now the first yeah. time you can freelance with it. And I was the yeah. highlights didn't I show what up. you did. Yeah, I froze. 
you'll have plenty of opportunities in the future. I'm hoping so. Greg, what, finally, uh, and, and we'll we'll turn you loose. You know, you've got uh, a busy day today. What what I don't know. Words of advice. What could you tell uh, the Wake Forest teammates uh, that that you left behind who have similar goals? as you to play at the next level in the NFL. You've proven you can do that. What would you say to them right now? Uh, I would just tell them just don't look a week ahead. Don't look a month ahead. Don't look uh, at bowl season. Just just try to take it day by day um, because this, this game is a kid's game and uh, we don't get to play alone. Uh, and I know firsthand, man, I'm not even supposed to be playing football right now. Uh, so just take it day by day. Uh, Every rep, just, just go as hard as possible because that could be your last rep, uh, and don't take it, don't take anything for granted. Greg, thanks for your time today. Best of luck with the Jets. We look forward to uh, seeing you in the end zone a whole lot more this year. Thanks again. Yep, thanks for having me. That is Greg Dortch, and I, I can say, uh, Steve, from experience, Greg was one of those players when when the possibility existed that he was going to touch the ball, you'd better be on the tip of your seat and ready for whatever because he would produce whatever. I mean, game after game after game, he was like that. And some of the numbers he put up were just crazy. You're oh so right. And every punt return, every kickoff return that he went back, and while he had two punt returns for touchdowns last year, over his two years, he had two or three others. He returned for touchdowns that got called back because of penalties. Just a dynamic player. Yeah, he tied the school record with a couple of punt returns uh, for touchdown against Towson. That tied an ACC record. He averaged a school record 152 all-purpose yards per game for his career. Uh, and he owns a lot of school records. He was he was something, and good luck to him. I I, I don't I just can't see him not making the Jets roster. Certainly, uh, he's capable. He showed that. Uh, head coach said a lot of good things uh, about him. Uh, after the exhibition game the other night. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that opener again, Wake Forest and Utah State, coming up on August the 30th. Check out GoDeeks.com for all the ticket information down to single-game seats left. And Assistant Athletic Director for Marketing, Lenny Mathis, will be our guest when we return on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks who work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. David Glenn Show, hour number three is... And we're skipping right along on Wake Forest Day on the David Glenn Show with David out of town and on vacation. Stan Cotton, Steve Shutt continuing to uh, man the microphones. We're in Voight, our able-bodied producer, making sure we don't burn anything down. And going to be joined now on the phone by Lenny Mathis, Assistant AD for Marketing at Wake Forest. Lenny, what's up? I know the answer to that, but how you doing? <laughs> We're doing great, man. It's uh, this is a fun time of year for anybody yeah. in my line of work at, at any of the schools in North Carolina. They all know what uh, what we're doing, right? About absolutely, now. yeah. It's it's all about getting ready for uh, getting ready for in our case opening night. So it's an yeah. exciting time. Yeah, trying to get uh, folks in the seats. We've been talking an awful lot about Wake Forest and Utah State on Friday night, August the thirtieth. That'll be an eight o'clock kick. 
Uh, GoDeeks.com, single-game tickets uh, left. Anything to add uh, with regard to those tickets, Lenny? Yeah, I mean, tickets for Utah State, you know, we've been doing a progressive uh, offer for tickets for Utah State to, to give people additional added value for buying your tickets early. So a lot of people have seen our, our four for $59, $69, or $79 packages and that sort of thing. Well, if you haven't gotten one of those, uh, the, those, those have expired now. We do have another ticket package I'll get to in a minute for our, our big four. But for Utah State, it's uh, our, our best price is uh, – $20 ticket, that's for a price to start for Utah State, $20 single-game ticket. And uh, those, like you said, are on sale at, at GoDeeks.com, and you can you can pick your seats and, um, and join us uh, on opening night. We've got a, a lot of fun stuff planned, so it'll be great. And then the other ticket package I was referring to, we have a, the, the newest uh, one out there now is our Big Four ticket package. So I heard you earlier uh, mention that you know we've never had uh, Carolina – State and Duke in Winston-Salem. Uh, Steve, you may have said this already, but what was the year that the last time the Deeks hosted the three of those in the same season? Lenny, that was 1921, which was the uh, same year that World War One ended. So it's, <laughs> there you go. It's, it's been, been 98 um, years since the Deeks yeah, have had <laughs> State, Carolina, and Duke at at uh, at home. So we're, you know, it's, that's an exciting. You mentioned that when you're talking to the less. It's exciting to have a, a different looking schedule. And obviously, the Carolina game is a non-ACC game, but uh, that's that's really fun for us. So we have a Big Four package that starts at $110, and you can see uh, the uh, the Big Four championship rolls through Winston-Salem this year. So we will uh, we'll give people the opportunity they can see all all three of those games in in one package, uh, starting at $110. So that's the one that we have. Uh, going right now, and if you're interested in that one, you can find a, an advertising button at GoDeeks.com. Click on that, and it'll take you right to it. Linda, you talked about some of the uh, pregame initiatives uh, with regard to the Utah State game. What what details can you give about what expectations fans can have as they roll into BB&T Field? Tons of parking. It's a it's a great stadium venue to get to, to park, easy access, all those kinds of things. But uh, what what uh, what activities uh, are out there right now, at least, that you can mention and, and give some details to? Yeah, so we, we're working on a, a new uh, festival concept right at the statue, uh, right in front of Gate 1 at BB&T Field. It's going to uh, feature live music, uh, mini football field for our uh, kids and their uh, parents to uh, throw it around uh, right there in the lush grass in front of the in front of the stadium. We'll have uh, uh, beer vendor, food vendors. Uh, you fans can come by and if they want to get a picture with uh, with the bell, we're going to have some with our, our touchdown bell that we have. Um, we have uh, some of the other teams from our, our other programs along and along throughout the year. We'll come out and visit and mingle with with fans as they make their way in. Uh, balloon artists, um, fans that have come to games in the past of our inflatable area has been down on the corner by uh, Piccolo Lane and 32nd Street. That's going to move into our new area uh, right below the statue. So kind of a one-stop shop. You're able to get you know live music, enjoy things, and it's going to tie into Deacon Walk, which is not, not moving. It's still going to be right around the statue, still two and a half hours prior to kickoff. So um, excited about that. We're going to be rolling out that along with a, a number of other um, – uh, things for Utah State and for the season at large uh, here. Well, some of it's coming tomorrow. I, I was hoping to give you a little a nugget into something big uh, during the show today. I got one more uh, key to cross on the on things, but uh, we're excited about what we're going to be able to announce um, tomorrow 
for an additional item that's coming uh, for the fan experience for Utah State. Where can fans look for that then? GoDigs.com, Twitter, where, yep. where can they we'll, find that? Yeah, we'll be able to release uh, all of our fan experience um, upgrades and changes and things fans can look for. We'll do that at GoDeeks.com and all of our social media platforms, uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, and Instagram. We'll have a, uh, a variation of it, too. Obviously, you can't link anything on Instagram, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll be able to get it out to all of our, our platforms that way. Things for students that are going to be new, uh, things like this uh, pregame event that the fans can get involved in and, and enjoy on their way into the stadium. All of those type of items will be uh, will be able to we'll, we'll be able to talk a lot about that uh, come tomorrow. I think it'll be uh, people will really enjoy it. So. We're talking with uh, Lenny Mathis of Wake Forest Sports Marketing. Lenny, what we we haven't talked a lot about is uh, Fan Fest that that happens every single fall before Game One, and that's coming up this Saturday, right? Yep, Saturday five thirty to seven at BB&T Field. Uh, we've had uh, now this Saturday, this particular year, the, the weather looks pretty good, sunny and eighty nine. But uh, in the past, we've had issues with it raining late in the afternoon, and and uh, fans not being sure whether the event is going to happen or not. Well, we it is going to happen. We have set up all of our autographs. Uh, we're going to seat the entire team this year, which is a change from um, years past. We'll have our volleyball team and our field hockey team there. Um, I should note that men's soccer is in training and women's soccer has a match, <laughs> an exhibition against Florida that night. So that's why they won't be at FanFest. But uh, we'll have all those teams there. We'll have balloon artists, inflatables, uh, opportunities to win prizes. Uh, I, one of the other big draws, Stan, will be you. You can get a chance to meet Dan Cotton as you enter <laughs> uh, FanFest on, uh, on uh, Saturday night at 530 to 7. Our football team will be there for autographs from 6 to 7. Uh, concessions will be available. We'll have a food truck there. Kona Ice will be there. Uh, if you have not been one of the couple thousand people so far that's gotten your I'm a fan sign for your yard, you can pick those up along with stickers and posters. We'll have a, a new uh, design football poster featuring another set of players that's going to be debuted at FanFest on a Saturday afternoon as well. So looking forward to, uh, to all of that. And that is really, you know, the women's football camp we had a few weeks ago was the beginnings of sort of kicking things off for uh, – for the for the fall season, well, when FanFest gets here and, and you're playing your first soccer match at home uh, for the year in the same day, it, it is it is upon us, and uh, and we're excited about that too. We've uh, we've talked uh, a couple of times today about the uh, I'm a fan initiative. We we got started with uh, with John Curry talking about that, and you know, you and and your staff, boots on the ground, man. You guys, I don't know how many of those you've gotten out and around the city but i see them everywhere and uh that was I, that that caught on pretty pretty well i thought that was pretty cool yeah it really did um we every every time i drive into work i think i see a different one popping up in a yard or if i take a different route it's, it's really been uh, it's it's been a great thing for fans to show their quote-unquote fandom you know in in every day and it helps people get ready for uh, this first game it's an important game it's against a really good opponent that you know maybe not a lot of people in this region know about but utah state's a really good team and um and we are excited that people are are getting fired up for that that first game i i had a, a summer intern staff that put over ten thousand door hangers out uh, throughout downtown winston-salem parts of kernersville parts of clemens um, that uh, to, with some of the ticket packages that were, that were offered out, uh, during this summer. And, and they were just a super hardworking group for us to be able to activate that. We worked with a number of restaurants to, to activate some things. When you place your drink down, you're going to see Wake Forest. You're going to see Wake Forest. And 
you know, a couple hundred businesses around town. We've really spent a lot of time this summer working on getting the black and gold out in the community even more. And, um, and I think it's paying off. You, 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 there's a, there's a buzz that's different about this home opener than, than, um, than some of our other ones. And, and certainly winning back to back to back bowl games, uh, helps a lot with your buzz as well. And, and, um, and that, that doesn't, that doesn't hurt for sure. No winning, winning will cure everything. So, uh, uh, Lenny, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way. And, uh, we're expecting a sellout on August 30. We're, we're getting close and, uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see that place packed under the lights there against Utah state. So again, thanks for your time and good luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing everybody Saturday night at BB&T Fields for FanFest. You bet. All right, Lenny, thank you. FanFest, 530 to 7 o'clock at BB&T Field. That is on Saturday night. They've had a lot of boots on the ground uh, these last several weeks. I mean, they really, really have, and, and kudos to Lenny and his, his staff for doing that. They came through my neighborhood a couple weeks ago, and, uh, in fact, one of my neighbors asked if I had hung those on all of their doors. <laughs> So who no, we, we, we have a fan experience staff who, who uh, is dedicated to this and uh, glad to see they came through uh, my part of Winston-Salem. Well, I, I, I had, I live in a, a rural setting. I had mine out near the road and we've, we've got a brand new German shepherd pup and, and uh, a 10 year old German shepherd. And uh, we were out in the yard and they, they, they were drawn to that yard sign that was way down about, I don't know, 65, 70 yards or so from the from the lawn, and I didn't want my dogs drawn down to the to the road there where they, they might be in danger. So we had to alter that a little bit. But uh, a lot of eyeballs on those "I'm a fan" signs around the uh, the Winston Salem area as Wake gets ready for Utah State uh, on Friday night, August the 30th. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, going to switch gears, talk a little Winston Salem Open tennis with Mr. Bill Oaks. That is next as we roll along on this Tuesday on the David Glenn Show. Tennis, we'll talk it next. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Less than half hour to go on this Tuesday on the David Glenn Show. Stan and Steve and Darren sitting in for the vacationing David Glenn. The uh, ECU folks will be uh, in studio tomorrow. Time now to talk a little tennis, specifically the Winston-Salem Open. We've got tournament director Bill Oaks with us now. Hi, Bill. How are you? Good, Stan. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Well, well, well. It's it's about here, right? All the hard work that you guys do all year long comes to a head here in just a few days. Yeah, just a few days, and we're looking forward to uh, another great year. I can't believe it's our ninth uh, Winston-Salem Open, and uh, I'm on site right now, standing on the patio of the new Harold Pollard Center, uh, our new VIP space, overlooking the stadium construction they're putting in theater seats right now for our box seats or theater seats this year with cup holders. It's the little things that matter, Steve, and and uh, and Stan. It's the little. Well, it is. Cup I mean... holders so you don't so you don't kick over your beer. You there you corona, go. I... The, the Corona gets I... knocked over. The Pepsi got not, get knocked over. It's not as much fun. Attention to detail, Bill. That's what you need. That's what yep, you're well, delivering. Well, 
Well, we, we just did a deal with uh, Tito's Vodka to create a new drink, the Wilson. Um, and so it's Tito's and lemonade, and our tennis ball is the Wilson. But more importantly, now I get to use the uh, Tom Hanks video uh, from Castaway of him yelling Wilson. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, I was looking over the uh, website last couple of days. Uh, really well done. I, I like it very much. WinstonSalemOpen.com. You can find it. It's, it's very well laid out. If you have any questions about uh, the the event, all those kinds of things, I, I would encourage folks to go to WinstonSalemOpen.com. You can also follow the tournament on Twitter, at WSOpen. Um, but, Bill, just, you know, you go to events all around the world, Wimbledon and everything below. Uh, but can you speak to how your event compares with other tour stops around the country? As you talked about, I mean, you keep adding things year after year after year, and here you are in year nine, and uh, this thing just keeps growing. Well, we've been very lucky. Uh, you know, when we – when I was first approached about coming to work on this event. Most people said, oh, gosh, the week before the U.S. Open is a bad week to have an event. And what uh, the local, our local board has really focused on is making sure that the players have the best possible experience. So what that's led to is fields that used to be really bad this week have become very good and you know, being able to attract the top players. But what that also led to was a commitment from our board, which is to work charity, to make sure that we – uh, do we treat the players very well? In 2016, we were named the tournament of the year in the world, and that's you know beating out tournaments in Russia and Doha and Sweden and all over the world. Um, it, what we what we do here is nothing special, to be honest. It's just that we've got a good community of people that treat that when the when the players come here, it's easy for them, and that's you know the, the tennis is good. You get to be up close. You go to the Open or Wimbledon it's so far away it's hard to get a real great understanding but when you come here everyone's up close and personal you got to watch out or the or a serve or a forehand's going to knock your drink (laughs) out of your hand you're gonna have to have netting around like like baseball right well you know if the tennis ball was harder um but i have watched many a beer or uh beer or soft drink being knocked out of people's hands that's for sure (laughs) over the years one of the uh one of the neat things i think you're doing is the uh on wednesday night at seven you're going to have uh, the exhibition between women's French Open champ Ash Barty and uh, Coco Goff, the 15-year-old who's captured everyone's imagination. She's going to be a, a Grand Slam champion, I would think, in, in the not-too-distant future. But uh, those two uh, women going uh, head-to-head Wednesday night is going to be a lot of fun to watch. It really is. We, we um, When I first started working on bringing women's exhibition here, um, I – if you had told me that we would have sold out in 48 hours, I would have been shocked. But we, um, Coco is so exciting to watch. She's such a, a great personality. And she's, unfortunately for me, as a 54-year-old man, seeing a 15-year-old be, being much more mature than me it is really disheartening. Um, but she's just, she's mature. She, she plays hard. She's exciting. And then Ash Barty was the, when I first spoke with her team at Wimbledon, they were their response was yes. Let's make this happen. They because they see this as a great opportunity for her to get prepared. Um, the girls are going to be a practicing for a few days, so it's not like just coming and flying in to play an EXO and leaving. They're coming here to practice, enjoy, to get ready for New York because um, it's so hard to get practice time at the Open. Uh, and 
They all stay in Manhattan, which is 30 miles away, 30 minutes away without traffic. It's truly a hassle in New York, and this is so much easier for them. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be real exciting on Wednesday night, um, and, and I'm just ecstatic that it sold out in two days. I wish I had bought, built more seats. The men's field, Bill, you've got uh, Sam Query, Steve Johnson, Thomas uh, Burditch among uh, some of the uh, the top players coming. How do you feel about this year's field? Great. I mean, getting uh, Kevin Anderson, uh, a multi-time Grand Slam finalist, to commit this week. He's 14 in the world, our 2016 champion. Dennis uh, Shapovalov as well, who's a 21-year-old who really is one of the next great players in the sport of tennis, uh, um, added to the field in the last week. We're really excited about the about the depth of field. All of our players are ranked, I think, in the top 89 in the world right now. So you start thinking about that everybody that's here is in the, really will be in the top 100. And that is, if you think about the top 100 NFL players or NBA players all in one spot, being able to watch, it's, it's pretty darn exciting. And these are the best players in the whole world. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. Our depth of field is great. And um, we still have one more wild card and, you know, last night uh, in Cincinnati, uh, you know, a guy who we were talking about, talking to, uh, said he had an interest. So we're, we're, I hope we'll add one more really, another really great player to our, to our field very soon. Part of your job is to go out and recruit some of these players. And so those take you traveling around the world to different tennis venues, and you're constantly recruiting to help improve the quality of the field for the Winston-Salem Open. Isn't that right? Yeah, um, it's, the, it's the bad part of the job, to have to go to Wimbledon or Dubai or Barcelona or Monte Carlo. Um, and I say that jokingly, part of it is recruiting, but part of it also is I share. So the, the way the structure of the ATP is, there's three level tournaments, 1,500s and 250. The 1,000s are similar to what's in Miami, Indian Wells, or Cincinnati this week. There are nine of them. 500s are the next level down. There's 13 of them, like Washington, D.C., a couple weeks ago. And then there are 39 250 tournaments, which make up about 53% of the matches on the tour. I chair the executive committee for all those tournaments worldwide. So, um, yes, I go recruit, but also it's because I, I, have a, uh, I help work on uh, the business for our level of tournaments around the world. And that's just been a really – it's been a great blessing for me to be able to – travel places that I never thought I'd get to go see in my lifetime. Uh, Monte Carlo is uh, ridiculous, it's, and so is Dubai. Flying did on you, Emirates, dude, did you take your flying yacht? upstairs on Emirates Airlines, live flat bed, a bar, it was legit. I want to do that every week. <laughs> uh, we're talking with uh, Bill Oaks, the tournament director of the Winston-Salem Open, uh, and – for those folks, uh, Bill, listening around the state of North Carolina who may not know, um, this event happens on the Wake Forest tennis courts right behind the football field at BB&T. Can you speak to the, the connection, Bill, between the university and the tennis tournament? Well, the, the, the venue was built before our first year. And so the Wake Forest tennis team played on some uh, on-campus courts that were really not great. So, um this group that wanted to bring the tournament to town led a fundraising opportunity to bring them, bring these, uh, bring the tournament here. But that meant building a homing facility, which on top of that, that group has been, uh, we've, we've built seating and this new Harold Pollard VIP center. 
And what it's allowed is a great legacy for Wake and the Winston-Salem Open. Uh, look, I, I, I think it's awesome that Wake has been turned in with Tony Bresky and Jeff Weissner have turned into such powers in collegiate tennis. Tony having won a national championship um, on the men's side, Jeff continuing to improve on the women's side, and Borna Goyo and Petros Krasohos, who played in the finals of the NCAA a year ago, are uh, playing in the qual- have gotten wild cards to play qualifying here. I-, I think the relationship between Wake and the Winston Salem Open is very unique, but. It allows both of us to excel. Um, we, as a tournament, would not be nearly as successful without the, the partnership. And, and I, I hope that Wake would feel the same way, that they would, their tennis programs would not be as successful without, without this relationship and partnership. You've talked about Dubai and Monte Carlo. Have you ever been to Cyprus? Yes. Well, Petros has invited me to his home in Cyprus. You're saying I should go? 100%. Okay. I would love to go to Cyprus. I mean, like, I will say Dubai was the most international city I've ever seen. Um, you, everybody speaks different languages, it feels like. Uh, it, was, it was really fun. Monte Carlo is just so picturesque. Um, but, you know, it, I am there on business some, so I actually do some work while I'm there. But, you know, don't hold me to that. My boss may be listening, so I have to okay. say that out loud. Easiest way, Bill, and we'll let you go. Easiest way for folks to get tickets for the tournament that starts uh, August the 17th coming up. Yeah, August 17th through the 24th, winstonsalemopen.com. Um, I think it's important for people to know we're a charity. We, you know, All of our money goes to help fund the Winston-Salem Middle School, uh, Forsyth County Middle School Athletic Programs, and we've helped fund some no-cut sports, cross-country and tennis, as our first two, that help you know provide opportunities for kids after school. So, we appreciate the support that we get in the community, and just thank you guys for taking a couple minutes and let me uh, let me talk on, uh, on the show. Bill, there uh, very much. Thank you. All right, take care, y'all. Bye. All right, Bill Oaks, the tournament director of the Winston Salem Open, the 17th through the 24th at the Wake Forest Tennis Courts. All right, we're going to take our final time out, and uh, when we come back, we'll check in with Connor O'Neill of the Winston Salem Journal. He is next on. Wake Forest Day, the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. And yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. All right, final few minutes of Wake Forest Day on the David Glenn Show. Stan and Steve here, Darren Vaught, our producer, and we're going to wrap it up as we go read the paper a little bit with Wake Forest beat writer for the Winston-Salem Journal, Connor O'Neill. Connor, how you doing, man? I'm good. I, uh, you know, gotten last year. I feel like I should be bringing you all some cake or something over in Kernersville <laughs> for making it's, it through. It's, it's our cleanup position kind of sort of <laughs> well i was always a big fan of jim tomey so i guess i got that going for me <laughs> what'd you see last night what have you seen in fall camp uh so far what has caught your eye uh i believe Les mentioned it earlier it's it's really hard to ignore freshman running back kenneth walker yeah. um you know i know i know you had greg on earlier and it's probably a little sacrilegious to invoke that name yet with Kenneth, but there is 
there's a certain electricity when he gets the ball in his hands and gets into space. You feel like he, if he has one person in front of him in the open field, he's going to make that person miss and get a lot of yards in a hurry. So he's an exciting one to watch. And then, of course, you got the quarterbacks. And, and Jamie and Sam are both have both elevated their play from a year ago. They've elevated their play from whatever it was five months ago in the spring. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time to watch quarterbacks and evaluate quarterbacks at Wake Forest. What's been the best story so far, Connor, you think, that that people maybe uh, haven't really thought that much about? Uh, well, that's a little curveball. I thought Larry Sorensen was a pitcher out of you, too. <laughs> no, I, hey, you ask Larry. I pitched. <laughs> I, could, I, could br- I could bring it. Um, you know, the, the story of Steve Claude, the yeah. redshirt senior receiver is, is really interesting to me because he's a guy that left the team and went home to Miami when his mom got sick, uh, I think in spring of 2017, and then rejoined the team right before the 2017 season started. Um, and I, I did an interview with him in the spring that was that I really enjoyed and, and has stuck with me, and that's a story that I'm looking forward to getting to tell in more detail during the season. But basically he was – he was at home in Miami cutting grass and, and making money. And you think about, you know, where, where a guy's mind goes from playing college football for a couple of years to having to cut grass to, to pay the bills and help your mom out when she's hospitalized. That's something that I think, uh, I think fans are probably not that aware of that could really capture some, some heartstrings. Connor, a lot of talk focused, uh, particularly last night, on the Wake Forest offense since it has been so prolific the last two years. What kind of things, though, are you seeing on the defense that are showing progress? Uh, I think the the defensive back's uh, aggressiveness to make plays on the ball is, is something somewhere that I haven't seen it in a couple years on the beat. Um, you know, you see one of the, one of the really one of the really fun parts of watching practice is the wide receiver DB one on one matchups when when like the line goes and it's it's linemen on linemen on one segment and then the other segment is quarterbacks throwing to receivers one on one coverage and those have been a lot more fifty fifty split with DBs winning more often than they had in the previous years. I think that's a that's an emphasis that Lyle Hemphill has had, um, you know, before he was the defensive coordinator, and he still holds this position. He's the safeties coach, and so he's going to coach some aggressive DBs. I think cornerbacks uh, coach Ryan Crawford has had now his second year to kind of put his handprints and fingerprints on the on the position. And I think you see a lot more aggressiveness out of the DBs, and and that can only help when you're looking at going up against receivers like. Uh, T. Higgins and Justin Roth at Clemson and Damon Hazleton at Virginia Tech this year and Emeka Amizi at NC State. I mean, there are a lot of good receivers in the ACC. We're talking a final couple minutes with Connor O'Neill. You can buy a paper or you can go to journalnow.com and read his writing. You can check him out on Twitter at Connor O'Neill, WSJ. Uh, Connor, we've talked a lot about the opener with – Utah State on August 30th. What about that game intrigues you? I mean, it's a pretty good matchup and a pretty good opener for both teams, don't you think? Yeah. Um, it's 
it's a very exciting game. Uh, Jordan Love is is probably one of the 10 or 15 quarterbacks in the country to keep an eye on. Um, just an electric player, I think. I think we'll probably get the history of this from Coach Clawson a few days out at the press conference, but I believe Utah State, when they came to Wake in 2017, um, they got shellacked. It was like 46-10, to 10 and the game was never even really that close. And I think that game kind of served as a catalyst to insert Jordan Love as the starting quarterback later that season. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what that team was two years ago to what they are now with uh, with a senior quarterback who's an, an all-conference player, a, a conference player of the year type. Well, Connor, we'll, uh, because of the constraints of time, we will uh, leave it there. We appreciate you uh, batting ninth, and for us, that's good. That's a good thing. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the beat and uh, reading your stuff. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Connor. Connor O'Neill taking us almost to the house. All right, Darren, we 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 didn't we didn't crack anything in here. We didn't break anything. I don't think, did we? Everything okay? <laughs> it's good over here. I know we're in different studios today. So, from my purview, you guys did a fantastic job at not screwing anything up. <laughs> well. We're not used to that, so thank you. <laughs> now, will you be able to get us the Nielsen ratings on this and see how, how far ahead of all the other schools we've been? Yeah, yeah, for sure. If, uh, you know, select markets, this is insider radio. They don't even measure, so it doesn't quite matter. Darren, we appreciate it. We've had an awful lot of fun. Thanks to uh, Dave for us, okay? Yeah, absolutely. I will let him know. Thank you, guys. It was uh, a lot of fun. And I'm sure the, the Wake Forest folks uh, will thank you as well. Thanks so much. Good night. Good night.